You're listening to XVGM Radio. Welcome to XVGM Radio, where the bits keep on coming. I'm your host, Pernell, and this is my co-host, Rob Nichols. (laughs) (laughs) We've got some very, very special guests on the show. We've got ourselves Justin Bieber. Woo! (laughs) And dude, have you played that game's mic? How's it going? I cannot believe the original Uh, hosts of the show are guesting on their own show oh man that's just how it goes man you know Uh, sometimes you uh you you just you fall out and uh we had a huge falling out and you guys picked up the paces and it's one of those pieces you know it goes more more like we had to convince you guys to come and get you know get the band back together by telling that we had a nice banquet here right but that the other what each of you would be here while the other wouldn't so that you'd be shocked and in makeup and frenzy. <laughs> I like how this whole thing started off as like a plot to an 80s movie that's just <laughs> gone horribly wrong. <laughs> Anyways, we're, try, we're trying to uh, save the community center. So yes. with with, pod, with podcasting, See, oh, with podcasting and and love. I was going to say, so is, long as a is a robot is... police officer doesn't show up and violently mur- kill everybody, I think uh, I think I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, no, we'll be good. <laughs> Anyways, let's get things on track. Uh, this is episode 75 of XVGM Radio, and today we are covering Adventure Island 
versus Wonder Boy. And it is featuring our good friends Rhythm and Pixels, who were last mm-hmm. heard on XVGM Radio on what was it, episode twelve? I think we go way back. Yeah, that's hey, been that long. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was the uh, it was the Disney Capcom episode that mm-hmm. we did. Oh, okay, that's right. Yeah, Which... and then on our show we did Capcom Disney, right? Non Capcom Disney. Disney. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's right. Yeah, that was, that was episode a good time. twelve for the record. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, some really good music. I remember you guys brought some um, really interesting tunes that I do not like. I was like, wow, like c- could not even come up with these picks. So yeah, having, having was, some real was, experts on the sh- on our show. It was, it was <laughs> hey, very wacky. Hey, hey, wait a minute. Quote unquote experts. <laughs> you know, I've got my doctorate in Disney. <laughs> and Capcom. He's got his doctorate in Disney and a master's he's, in Capcom. Capcom. Yeah, he's, he's double master's. Yeah. He went to school for eight years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So This, this mouse show... is proficient mm. in copyright infringement. Uh, <laughs> Many this, show, this show is going to feel more like a Rhythm and Pixels episode because uh, these no. guys are impossible to control. You, you let them off the leash, and that's, that's it, right. man. We run, a, we run a tight ship around here, gentlemen. This is unacceptable. And I'm Ooh. running a corkscrew through the hole. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we came in with Adventure oh. Island on the NES, the 1986 release, and that was Wild Plains by Jun Chikuma, a legendary Hudson Soft composer. And uh, Wonder Boy, that game, was the Sega Master System version, which came out in 1986 and that was the main round track which was composed by Ryuchi Nishizawa. In this episode we are going to be basically not pitting tracks against each other. I don't know, what would you say Justin as far as like how this goes? I don't even know. I'd say this episode is a battle for my soul. I am currently (laughs) on the fence (laughs) between Adventure Island and Wonder Boy. I have not had enough experience with either, aside from the soundtracks that I've now listened to, to really know much. I recently picked up Adventure Island for the NES and it's pretty fun, but I, I don't I, I, I don't have access to any, any Sega platforms, so I have no way to play Wonder Boy. It's absolutely true that this is a battle for Justin's soul, and I'll explain why. <laughs> when we were coming up with this concept, initially it was going to be, okay, Justin's going to pick Adventure Island, and the um, Rob and Purnell are going to pick Wonder Boy because we asked them what they prefer, and Purnell like almost jumped through the computer and <laughs> strangled me. and was like, right. Wonder Boy is better. Damn right. Yeah, and, and, and Rob was just kind of like, uh, I think I'm going to go with Purnell in this one. <laughs> and, and Justin was like, what do I do? Gosh, golly. You know? Well, I got to say, like, I grew up on Sega, and mm-hmm. I, I played Wonder Boy back in the day, and I loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. But when I went back to start to listen to some of the soundtracks, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm on the adventure, I almost said adventure time, I'm on the adventure island side. Um, of things, so... No, no, you but, do but that, you traitor! You're about to break up the band, man. Traitor. I haven't listened to everyone's picks yet today, and so I'm looking forward to um, hearing everything. Purnell, uh, you can even enjoy the music of one game while still preferring the other, and uh, just just to talk about the tracks that we came in on, between Wild Plains and Main Round, I, I absolutely preferred Wild Plains. Main Round was not bad, but it, with, with it going on and on, it's a little bit shrill, for me and would get grading over time, whereas Wild Plains kind of hooked me and then just kind of kept me going. 
I could agree with that, honestly. This, I, I would agree with you, Justin, that Wild Plains is is the superior track of the two. Not just because uh, I'm, you know, an Adventure Island fanboy, but uh, I just, I think that Main Round is a little bit too repetitive and a little grating on the ear, whereas Wild Plains is, it's, it's, a, it's a happy skip jump into, like, almost Faxanadu land because mm. of that uh, Jun Chikuma twist. And, t- and twang to it. Uh, it, it. You listen to the first Adventure Island soundtrack by her, and it just it reeks of Faxanadu to me because it's the same sound style. Yeah, yeah. That definitely helps because Faxanadu's OST is sweet. Yeah, but I have a very similar voice on that. It's like how like a lot of like Neoki Kodaka tracks have mm. a similar feel to it. Yeah, and, like a lot of the Konami like Kukahea Club tracks have like a similar like energy to it. They definitely mm. of this era on the NES. You got Faxan or Fazanid, whatever, Fozzie Bear to do. It's it's Faxan to do. There are a number of people who grew up saying Ninja Gaiden. Mm-hmm. Yep. It for years, and if I come to them later on, and like, you know, it's pronounced Gaiden. I genuinely do not expect them to go, holy crap, you're right, Gaiden. Yeah. Like, no, I've been calling it Gaiden for like 20 years. I'm not changing <laughs> now. Heck with that. Uh, to me, it's always Faxan to do. So just to touch on Adventure Island and mm. Wonder Boy, the reason why we're doing this episode is because... Wonder Boy was actually the predecessor to Adventure Island. Basically what happened was Wonder Boy came out, it was developed by Escape, developer for Sega, which later on became West One or West Stone Bit Entertainment. I'm not sure. Or maybe but, uh, Wee Stone? I feel like we had a, an outtake about this I recently. Feel like, I feel like <laughs> I we talked West about Stone. this, definitely. Yeah, um, no, no, no. So they like, created like the <laughs> they created the Wonder Boy slash Monster World series. So that's a whole nother discussion for maybe a little bit later. But uh, what happened was Hudson Soft wanted to do a version of the game uh, on the NES. So they brought it over and uh, made it. They changed the characters around. So instead of playing as this character Tom Tom, which you play as in Wonder Boy, instead now you're playing as Master Higgins in the Adventure Island series. The concept is pretty much still the same they're basically like trying to rescue their lady love from uh monsters so that's pretty much it it always threw me for a loop in those games too how they would have this of all the plot devices they could come up with they're like you know here's this elaborate monster community they control eight islands (laughs) and they just kidnap this one guy's girlfriend and and clearly you can't just go right to the island and you have to go to the other seven first isn't there only one girl yeah. yeah It's just one yeah. girl. That's the thing. Like, it's one girl. But <laughs> it's I like, gotta it's say, like, it's... so we were looking at this. We were looking at, I was looking at pics for this last week. And for whatever reason, I started watching My Fair Lady on Netflix. Hmm. And the longest, longest musical ever on Netflix. And um, all that aside, I was thinking, you know, the Japanese are always picking like names and stuff out of like American pop culture. Is Master Higgins really Professor Higgins from My Fair Lady? And is he actually trying to rescue Eliza Doolittle? Oh, interesting. Do we we know the girl's name? Do we know her Uh, name? The girl's name is Tina in most cases. Damn it. Okay. Uh, I mean, who knows? It's It's a good theory. I'm I'm pretty sure in almost every single game, her name is Tina, but I think in some of the later games, they changed her name to like something else. Like I've heard honey before too, but then I've also heard honey referred to as the fairy. So it's hard Mm. to say. Yes, yes, yes. That's a whole nother thing that we can get into later. Let's talk about the composers. Jun Chikuma started off with Bomberman in 1985 and uh, then later on moved to Adventure Island and Faxanadu, which were uh, the games that we already talked about uh, a little bit earlier. 
I don't know. I'll pick one random game. Let's go with uh, Bomberman Tournament in 2001. She did the battle music. Oh, so, the Game Boy Advance, right? Yeah, she is basically oh, considered oh. a uh, Hudson Soft slash Bomberman a composer. That's pretty much all she worked on. So she only did the first Adventure Island. So did she do, I mean, if you don't know this, I totally get it because I don't, but did she do Newtopia also? No, no, wow. no, no. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's a big shock, honestly, because... I know. So the other composer we'll talk about later, because they are featured later in the episode, which is Ryuchi Nishizawa. So we'll talk about them in just a bit. We're going to let our guests go All first. Right. Yes. So the way that this episode works is each person picks one track from each game. It's meaning... Uh, one or series. Franchise. Yeah. So... One person's picking a Wonder Boy track, and they're also picking an Adventure Island track. So we, we'll just basically tackle each person as they as they go. So uh, Rob is going to start us off with a track, and uh, and then after we play his uh, second track, then we'll move to Purnell. He'll play his two tracks, et cetera, et cetera. No, right. no pressure, Rob. You got to start yeah. the whole show off. I'm going to start off with more classic tracks from my set list here. This is called On the Open Seas, which is the overworld music from Super Adventure Island 2 for the Super Nintendo, composed by Akihiro Akamatsu, Shachiko Oita, and Shinji Nakaya. Thank you. 
You're listening to Super Adventure Island 2, composed by Akihiro Akamatsu, Shachiko Oita, and Shinji Nakaya. This is the track on the open seas for the Super Nintendo from 1992. When I pick tracks, sometimes it's, it's uh, 99.9% of the time it's not gameplay related or, or, or nostalgia related. Um, I don't have a lot of nostalgia, especially for the Super Nintendo. But I pick because, man, that bass is super cool. <laughs> and I love the the tom-toms like when the uh, in like the midsection of the track. Yeah. It, it's so 90s and I really mm-hmm. it's so crisp too coming from this nest like having like a really good slide bass sound plus really crisp drums is really nice I, and in my I, case as of yesterday I officially have nostalgia for the track so <laughs> oh, nice a day's worth of nostalgia take the nostalgia any way you can get it I feel like hammock from mm. KVGM Radio, like somehow entered into your brain and picked this track. <laughs> like, it's pretty chill. Your brain and picked it. It's such a KVGM track. It's so KVGM, chill. Yeah, yeah. It, it's got that Caribbean summertime vibe. Like this would be a great track for like a summertime pick. Mm. Yeah, I, I really got kind of like Jimmy Buffett vibes uh, from this one. <laughs> Between like okay, the steel drums, uh, I also really liked uh, a lot of the drum samples that were being used. They remind me of like the Casio keyboard I used to have uh, back in the day. Like just the do 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 do. Yeah, uh, that's what I like about it. Yeah. Going yeah. to get <laughs> drink tips and Gotta oh. save Tina from yeah. <laughs> whatever the monster is. Yeah. Watching the gameplay did remind me of like mm-hmm. how cool the character sprites are. Like like Higgins is like a little elf looking man, but he's got so much personality when he's like jumping. Like his whole body like contorts almost mm. like you would imagine like Mega Man looks like on, mm. on the NES, but he's got so much more detail to him. He looks really wild. I really like that one about, thing this, I felt, about this game. Like one thing I found funny about this particular game after finally getting a chance to dabble with it a bit is that despite the divergence that occurred between Adventure Island shifting and Monster Boy becoming, you know, Wonder Boy becoming Monster Boy and all that, Super Adventure Island 2 is probably the closest that Adventure Island came to becoming a Monster Boy game. Like it has so many of the elements. I was shocked to see them. Yeah, absolutely. They really tried to make it more of like an art, like a light RPG type action RPG kind of game. Very similar to the the Monster Boy series or the Monster World series? Monster World series. Honestly, they all work. That 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 game franchises are all over the team. Yeah. You just yeah. gotta roll with it. This one, uh, as far as the plot goes, again, it's basically Master Higgins, who is now married to Tina. His yeah, gotta wife. Lock that down. You gotta listen. <laughs> <laughs> Tina's a hottie, man. Master Higgins had to lock that stuff down, man. He Doesn't had to be stop like, the kidnappings, though. I mean, they're just now. Yeah. Now it just becomes more creepy. It's like well, that's I not was on kidnapping him, her when she was single. <laughs> yeah, that's now not. I'm well, kidding. he clearly married her because you know he likes her or loves her at least. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> he was like, you know what? I gotta keep this babe around for a while. Make sure she doesn't get kidnapped. Yeah. <laughs> he he could have just married her, hoping that it was to just wait monsters from taking her away. It's like, get over it. Wait a minute, she's got a ring. Right, go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go he married her. For tax purposes. Oh, damage goods. Damage goods. <laughs> we'll go kidnap another princess. So yeah, yeah. If Mario married the princess, would Bowser be like, no, not get involved in that? I don't I think, think so. I, I think yeah. Bowser would still get in on that. Like, okay. he's like, yeah, you can convince her to change your mind with the right level of kidnapping antics. He, would, I don't know. he would like slide into the conversation and be like, but maybe? Like, yeah. <laughs> I got Carmack over here. He's a justice of the peace. He can shut that right down. Oh, I like that. That's it. That's it. <laughs> 
That's canon. (laughs) So they're on their honeymoon, and they they get stricken by a storm, and they both end up in separate places, and Master Higgins wakes up, and he he has amnesia. Totally doesn't remember stuff. So he starts exploring the island and finds out that it's ruled by a king who found a girl that also suffers from amnesia, and she became his queen. Hmm. Wow, that's a quick marriage. Yeah, so this one actually has a lot more of an in-depth story. So he's basically, she gets kidnapped, and so the king goes, oh, you look like a guy that, you know, could find her. So he hires him, basically, to find Tina, who is his wife, and he doesn't even know it, to help him recover his uh, lost memories. He's thinking, like, oh, well, if I save her, then maybe something will come back to me. This, so. this should be a darn anime, because I'm just like, right? you're, you're reading off <laughs> yeah. the manual story, and my brain's picking it apart, like, how long was he stranded there for her to get picked yep. up, married, and then kidnapped? and have this king be so concerned about his new bride that he hired a rando to go save her. He gives Straight him 100 up. coins and everything. Straight up, I would definitely watch an Adventure Island anime. Like, for sure. That'd be dope. Oh, especially, especially if it, it had... Like this one. <laughs> especially like, if it had the art style uh, that the artist Susumu Matsushita, he does this cool, like, fusion of American comic style with Japanese manga. Mm-hmm. So he's done almost all the art for the Japanese versions of Adventure Island. He did some of the U.S. ones as well, but not all of them. Yeah, his art is very much iconic. He's done a bunch of games, and, you know, his art's always in, like, exhibits and stuff. It's cool. Definitely go mm-hmm. check out Susumu Matsushita is one of my favorite artists so it sounds like a lot of fun and I mean the, the music from it's obviously really good too so yeah the tunes were great I mean just the whole soundtrack and the game itself is it it is definitely a I guess you could say a hidden gem on the Super NES hmm. well I think it was one of the final carts too so I don't think it got a lot of production it did not yeah I actually have a cart and a box for it but uh no manual you'll yeah. never know how to play I know I'll just, <laughs> I'll I haven't know. started it up yet that's forever why. a mystery Master yeah. who? Master Hoggins? <laughs> Master Hoggins? Mr. Hogwarts Mr. Hogwarts <laughs> Mr. Higgins <laughs> So the composers on this, uh, Akihiro Akamatsu, started off with F1 Circus in 92, followed by Mylon Secret Castle in 93, and then did this game as a sound creator, and then Power Instinct in 94. Those are the only credits that they have. I mean, how's he going to follow up Power Instinct? Can't. Shut down. <laughs> That's it. Went out at the top of their career. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sachiko <laughs> Oita is next. Sachiko Oita started off with Physical Fighter in 1991, and then they have the exact same credits, except instead of that uh, last game, they did Sold Out in 1997. Sounds like they sold out. They did. <laughs> That's what they happened. Did. So they just listed out the credits, and then they sold, sold out. out. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> sold out in 1990. All right, got it. That's what they did. <laughs> Shinji Nakaya only has two sound credits, Super Adventure Island 2 and Power Instinct in 94. Hmm. Man, Power Instinct just shut down a whole crop of composers. Apparently. Jeez, they in the hospital? They broke the mold after that one, literally. They just <laughs> shot them all. Rob, what's your uh, next pick? Oh, I'm going right back again, huh? Yeah. Look at that. That's it. Okay, well, our next pick coming from Wonder Boy, but this is Wonder Boy Returns or Wonder Boy Returns Remix. This is a remake of the original Wonder Boy. You can find this on the PC, PlayStation 4, the Switch 
It all came out in 2019. We're going to listen to the boss theme composed by Ryuchi Nishizawa, but it's arranged by, I think, Jong Boom Choi, who's also the primary dev on the game, and Sukigil Ham, who I believe is a sound director for the company Spotworks, which is the only sound credits on this game. So hmm. I, the, the music is cool. I'm surprised. And I think it does have an official release, but there's not a whole lot of information on the credits of the music, of the oh, rearrangements yeah. of the music. But it sounds, like yeah, it's all like kind of electronic and dancey. So hmm. it's the like original music and a completely new sound. It's, it's really fun. Neat. Very cool. All right, let's yeah. check it out. Yeah. This is the boss theme from Wonder Boy Returns or Wonder Boy Returns Remix, composed by Ryuchi Nishizawa and arranged by Jong Bum Choi and Sukiel Ham of Spotworks, maybe. Not super sure, but super cool. I love the super electronic arrangements of this music. Yeah, it's short, which means it's keeping really close to the original composition because those original tracks are tiny. But um, I love it. I love the look of this game. I love it. It's super colorful, super fun. Now, what do you guys think? It, it's a gorgeous game, for sure. This track in particular, I'm with you when it comes to like the track being really good. I also love like the electronic elements, almost like a like a trancey dance kind of vibe. It just as it gets really good, yeah. it stops, and I'm like, ah, okay. Well, I mean, it is a boss theme, so you're like, not, we're sure you know... you've beaten the boss by now. It's over. Yeah. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder if um, it's because they kept too close to the original the original arrangement of the song, but maybe that was a choice they made to keep to keep it as close as possible to Nishizawa's arrangement. That's a possibility. Yeah. What do you think about this one, Justin? I I was really into it. I mean, I had kind of the same experience that you had. Like, I was just kind of grooving along to it. I I, I'm, I really enjoyed how they made it feel like a uh, like a dance track just with like that really clean kick pedal the synths were really nice i feel like if i if i were to take it i'd tweak it and make it a little bit darker um not because it made makes more sense for the game just because that's like i feel like this has the underpinnings of something that i could get really really into and like dark wave or dark synth or something yeah. but it just so needs a little bit more song for you justin actually because i know that you're oh. into that industrial style yeah so uh-huh yeah. you hear that you hear that i'm trying to convert you but at the I'm same trying, time i'm trying to pull you in wonder boy so i'm okay with that's that. it doing that the struggle for his soul continues <laughs> that's right yeah. he, he's working on you and he's doing a great job wonderful the uh the screenshots this... that i'm seeing from this look really cool too like i i might grab yeah, this yeah. on the uh on, on the ps4 because it i mean it if, if it if a lot of the stuff sounds like this, obviously this is a boss 
uh, like a boss track, just a little yeah, bit it more. Really doesn't. Oh, the, damn. The rest of the soundtrack is is dancey and mm -hmm. more electronic, but this one is the darker sounding one. Gotcha, so, gotcha. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's yeah. still really cool. The rest cool. of it's a lot because like this, the game is like super cartoony looking and yeah. colorful. Yeah, yeah. So this this wouldn't fit in, but like that that sound wouldn't fit with the rest <laughs> of the game so much. That's I'm fair. I'm trying to remember, but for you guys, I'm assuming that at least Mike has played this one. I have Are not you? actually. Really? I have not. Oh, no. Am I the I only know. one who has the game but also hasn't played it? <laughs> That sounds like that sounds like you. That sounds like you 100%. Yeah, it looks cool. I remember seeing like uh, there was some sort of physical edition that they were releasing or whatever, and right. I saw that and was like, oh yeah, that's kind of neat. But I was like, you know what? I'm a, I'm an Adventure Island loyalist. It's like I can't I can't start getting Wonder Boy games. I think I only own like maybe one Wonder Boy game, and I think it's that. If anything, I almost figured out a bit why you'd want this one because it's like tapping into Master Higgins' roots. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Actually, you know what? There's some really interesting information that I just read on the Wikipedia article for for this game, for Wonder Boy the the remake. So, let me let me lay this out for you because Escape, that company that we talked about a little earlier, they had some sort of like licensing thing with Sega mm -hmm. where Sega would retain the Water yeah, the Water Boy. The Water Boy. They would retain <laughs> the Wonder Boy trademark. But because of that, Escape knew how popular the NES was and they were like, well, we got to bring this game to the NES. And since they were a third party, they were like, well, we're going to release it uh, with Hudson Soft. So Hudson Soft converted it over to being a totally new franchise uh, with Adventure Island. So that's like the skinniest as far as like how they got around the licensing issue. So they changed the name, they changed the character instead of having like, you know, this generic like blonde haired kind of kid from Wonder Boy, they changed it to Master Higgins and they inserted the caricature of this Hudson Soft executive, uh, his name was his name is uh, Ta Takahashi Maijin, Maijin, mm -hmm. and, and I didn't know that until what's his face Dream Mix TV used his real name. I'm like, wait a minute, who's that? Yeah, I guess in the English versions of the games, he's uh, well, we know that he's known as Master Higgins. Ah. I'm not sure if they like change his face depending on the regions because I haven't played any of these games like now the face is the same yeah. it's just, it is right it's just, it's just the name change so like mm. when I got to play Dream Mix TV when it came out on the PlayStation 2 mm. our, all I heard was like the Adventure Island guys in it and I'm like oh cool <laughs> use him or Optimus yeah. Prime or Barbie and uh <laughs> you pick him he's got the original name I'm like who the hell is that so yeah. of course the internet existed so I looked I was like, oh wow I didn't know that it gets even crazier though so Adventure Island's based on the arcade version of Wonder Boy. It's not based on the master system of the Game Gear ports, hmm. which I didn't know. And it makes sense because I remember getting Wonder Boy on, on the master system at one point and playing it. And I was like, this isn't like Adventure Island. Like this, this the states aren't the same. Like, I don't get it. So I was like, eh, whatever. They, they completely obviously redid the whole soundtrack and everything. Then like years down the road, there's another game that came out for mobile and it is called Super Adventure Island Mobile. It's also known as Shin Takahashi Maijin no Bokenjima, which stands for New Master Takashi's Adventure Island. It is a mobile game that is a modified version of Wonder Boy in Monster Land, which was released by Hudson Soft for mobile phones. So it's literally <laughs> Wonder Boy in Monster Land, but a mobile version of it. 
Interesting. I was, it's I was, Seth Higgins slapped back into it. It's got Master Higgins in it. Or it's got a boy that kind of, sort of, looks like Master Higgins. It's kind of hard to tell. Hmm. Uh, we call him, like, Wonder Higgins? Wonder Higgins? Or Takahashi Boy? Well, I think Wonder Boy's name is Tom Tom. So it'd be, like, Master Tom? Master Tom? Or Tom Higgins? That has negative connotations. Move away. What, Master Tom? Move away from that one. But I remember I was looking up NES games, and I saw Adventure Island 4 was because there was no American release or North American release. It was just called Master Takahashi's Adventure Island. I was like, that's really specific, Takahashi Majin. Like, what's going on there? So that's really interesting to hear the background of that. Yeah, it's pretty neat. So uh, on this one, we have the original composer being Ryuichi Nishizawa. And there, as far as audio goes, they're really just credited for Swimmer in 1982. And then the, um, the and then the Wonder Boy games, uh, they, they have a lot of design, production, programming and other credits. But considering the music for the original game was pretty good, I'm surprised. Uh, and then, as far as the arranger goes, uh, Jungbum Choi is only credited for the sound programming in Wonder Boy Returns 2016, which uh, then translates over to the remix. I remember I, I looked up a, a gameplay to look at the ending credits of the game, and that's all that came up. And I'm like, great, Damn. thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and like, and there aren't many other credits, so really, it's just this uh, Jung, uh, Jungbu. Oh my gosh, Jungbum Choi, Jungbum yeah. Choi, and I'm like, wow! Like, even if you're the one making this game, you gotta like credit somebody else in this, or is it just you? Or does mm-hmm. he just not care? So, how does Sukil Ham fit into this, or Spotworks? I mean, that's my other guess is who, of who did the arrangements, mm. because yeah. that because the other the other sound design team or sound credit on this game is by Spotworks and Sukil Ham name was next to it but there's a dot in between so it could be an alias and so i'm wondering if spotworks is like a production like an audio production house and this person probably does a whole bunch of other stuff at the production house so maybe they just did sound effects maybe they just did the music or maybe it's a program called soupgill.ham oh (laughs) (laughs) it's a new it's a new it's a new uh malware that's like hitting everybody uh (laughs) it's worse than spam All right, let's get into Purnell's. Let's let's move into Purnell's track. What uh, what do you got for us first? All right, so of course, being as Purnell on someone else's show, I have to bring Turbo Graphics into it. So um, <laughs> here we go. This comes from the game New Adventure Island on the Turbo Graphics 16, released in 1992. This is Stage 2-3 and is composed by Keiji Sakata. <laughs> Thank you. 
Welcome back. You're listening to Stage 2-3 from the game New Adventure Island, released in 1992 for the TurboGrafx-16, composed by Keiji Sakata. So, I had a lot of difficulty choosing the track that I would use from this game, because the music, to me, in this game is genuinely superb. But even though there may even well be better tracks than this in this game, I had to pick it because, as a child, this was my favorite track in the entire game. It hmm. plays during the beach levels, of which there are two on the game, and I would always get rather excited when it would come up. Now, fun facts about this game. One, this is the first and only Adventure Island game I've ever physically owned. Like, I've played Ooh. other Adventure Island games, but they were always jealous, by jealous. Yeah, man. Nice. I, I, I was a big knucklehead for Turbo Graphics back in the day. I was a sucker for it. And uh, <laughs> when this game got released, I kind of jumped at the idea and opportunity to get it. Initially, however, I was slightly disappointed in it because at the time, I was a big fan of New Adventure Island 2 because of the dinosaurs that they added to that game. Hmm. And New Adventure Island did not have those. It was traditional running from left to right, you know, trying to beat the clock or rather your energy. And so, and you had a variety of different weapons you could acquire throughout your progression. But now that I'm older and I've gone back and played more of them as such, I personally feel like New Adventure Island may well be my favorite Adventure Island game because oh, wow. it's a very pure aspect of what I feel Adventure Island is, which is pretty much a time rush. Like, every level in those games, you're meant to blitz from one end to the other, your health is constantly draining, and the fruit is what keeps you going. So, to play at your best, Kind of like how I play Mario games, you hold down the run button and you <laughs> yes. never let up. So yeah. this game is notorious for that. You get the skateboard and it's great for your time, but oh my God, it kills you in precision platforming. Oh my, it does. <laughs> but yeah. it's, it just, it works so well. Like I still to this day go back and play New Adventure Island. Like, I love this game so much. And it's very pure in that because like even going back to Adventure Island 2, the dinosaurs are still cool. But now there's something about them that feels like it breaks up the momentum a bit. Like, I know how to use Master Higgins, but then I get that blue dinosaur with the tail whip. I'm like, what am I doing with this? <laughs> this isn't what I want to rock. I want my axes back. It's oh, like, man. oh, so. He is so cute in this game. He's adorable. I love him. I love him oh, to yeah, death. He's sprint going. Yeah. And, uh, and all the weapons also play very uniquely. There's the axe, which has an arc throw, the boomerang, which goes straight and comes back, and it can break rocks. The arrow goes out and then drops. Can't break rocks, but it's good for a lot of precision, you know, firing. And then there's the magical fire, which destroys boulders and all sorts of stuff. It's rare to find, but it kind of arcs at a straight down shot or like a diagonal down shot. So it's hard to use precisely, but it does works wonders when you get used with it. So it's a good game. And if you get access to it through <coughs> emulation, um, <laughs> it is absolutely worth your time to play, even in the present. It holds up extremely well. It came out on the Virtual Console, and it also came out on the TurboGrafx Mini. One interesting bit of information about the plot on this one, so, because, again, I don't know why, but we keep getting into the, the plot on these Adventure Island games, despite them being pretty much like a damsel in distress kind of rescue game. Master Higgins and Tina are leaving the church. They just got married. And they're, they want to go on their honeymoon. And uh, there's this character that shows up named Baron Bronsky. And he has six of his, I don't know, I guess like Koopa kids kidnap Tina and some of the children from the island that they're visiting. 
So you play as Higgins, and you're going through six stages with four areas for each one, uh, but the fourth one is a boss battle, and you have to basically go through those levels to rescue the kids, and then you get to the end, and you have to go through Baron Bronski's Tower of Doom to rescue Tina. At least that one kind of makes sense in regards to that, because, like, why would he go to the other islands first? Because he's saving the children. Kids come mm. first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And those, um, those boss levels can get rough, too, because... Every one of them, there was like one specific enemy obstacle that exists on all of them. It's like a beaver driving a wooden spiked car. <laughs> it always screws you up on the platform section. Every time, without fail, he's an asshole. And he doesn't need a driver to revoke that mess. He's terrible. <laughs> um, Interestingly but- enough, with these games, and, and you kind of touched on it earlier, but... The earlier Adventure Island games, like the first one and Super Adventure Island, like, it's weird. Like, they went back and forth between styles of gameplay. Like, yeah, they were always these, like, Mario-style, like, action game, action platformers. Mm -hmm. But 2 and 3 introduced these, like, creatures that you could ride, almost like a Donkey Kong Country kind of style, Mm. where which obviously predates it, but uh, you crack open the eggs that you find and you'll either get items like weapons and stuff or you'll get a monster. You can gather these monsters and use them in the in the games, but Super Adventure Island, Adventure Island, and New Adventure Island don't have these, despite these games all kind of coming out right around the same time. So it's kind of neat mm-hmm. how like they, they tried to do different things and kept going back and forth between these two styles. It's, it's pretty interesting. Did, did those it's, like a, it's like a world they created. They just sort of like, let's, let's play around with different things. Like the monster thing really reminds me of um, Little Nemo. Yeah, so maybe oh, they were totally. Just, mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe they're like picking and grabbing like different mechanics and just throwing things together and saying, yeah. like, hey, how does it work in Adventure Island? There was there was the blue dinosaur that had the tail whip. There was the red dinosaur that was exactly like the blue one in visuals, mm-hmm. but I think he spit fire. There was yeah. a purple sort of Loch Ness monster monster that was good for water stages. A pterodactyl. The green one that rolled. Yeah, and I think he was the guy that they introduced to the third game. He was third green, game, yep. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. And those the only ones I remember. Were there any other dinosaurs, maybe? Not to my knowledge, but I ha- again, I haven't played that much of three. Um, it's kind of funny. We just named five dinosaurs, but if I remember correctly, at least in Adventure Island 2, they were built, the, the items that you used to pick them up were card suits. Yes. So what was the fifth it's, card? It's the same in the three. Green? So what was the one for the green dinosaur? There's only four suits. <laughs> That's a good question. I don't Joker? Know. Maybe a Joker. Yeah. Joker, yeah. <laughs> You get all the green dinosaur and everyone just starts laughing. When when they added the dinosaurs, did they did they get rid of the skateboard mechanic or do, is it? Do, can you no, still? No, get... it was still there. Oh wow! Yeah. Master Higgins could... is skateboarding all the time. That's that's, that's what true. I thought. Okay. Well, Wonder Boy, the, the first didn't the, like didn't the first Wonder Boy have skateboarding though? Yes. It did. Yeah. It was more but, like the thought of like I guess getting a dinosaur would be a reason to get rid of the skateboard, but I think hmm. the skateboard as its own sort of mechanic because yeah. dinosaurs well, give you the extra hit and you still can run pretty fast with them, but the skateboard is just like one you get the bonus points at the end, but I guess you do with the dinosaur too. But hmm. it's that fact that you can't stop. Yeah, like, you can't stop. You can't go backwards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 And even I mean like the the first few games had a little bit rougher controls and then like right around three they really turned up the dial as far as like how much you could control master higgins like you can go um you could slow up you could you know go faster like it Mm. it didn't feel as slippery as like maybe like a mario one sort of style like the first adventure island Mm. it's pretty interesting but 
the only other thing I wanted to touch on before we talk about composers is uh, something that I found here in the Wikipedia article that I'm like, what? And that is New Adventure Island is known on Twitch by a nickname given by a streamer by the name of Princess Za. She called the game Taco Bell Bonk. <laughs> Taco Bell Bonk? Why? And the reason being <laughs> is because like bonk, it's yeah. based on Master Higgins' like worried facial expression, according to this. Well, I mean, when you really lay on the table, if you take the <laughs> gameplay concept, right, and the fact that he's on a rescue mission, he should look worried. He's always running out of energy. <laughs> There's kids kidnapped by giant animal generals in menacing castles. He can't stop moving. Now, it's now you know how you, you know how Shovel Knight did uh, recently with uh, Arby's. They did this whole thing with uh, oh you can God. collect all the things and you can get all the. Uh, basically, it gives you a downloadable code that you enter into Shovel Knight, and then like you can see Arby's food like all over the place, like shakes <laughs> and, and sandwiches, roast beef just, sandwiches, just roast they beef all over that. the ground. They should do that with a new adventure, like a new new Adventure Island game, and do Taco Bell. Yeah, Neo oh Adventure God, Island cross Ooh. Taco Bell. But then he would get a completely different kind of runs if they did that. So I don't know how that would work. Oh, yeah. Oh, different kind running, of runs. Eh? Run into the border <laughs> or the, or the <laughs> toilet. Do it, yeah. Like you get to the end of the level, the points would chalk up, but he's just like running into the bathroom and closes the door. That's how. Yeah, you yeah. The that's the that's the bonus level. It like rises <laughs> up and like like in Adventure Island Three, you find the egg that has the cloud, then you rise up. Instead of a cloud, it's a toilet. Oh, there geez. you go. There you go. That's it. Get him, let's, let's get these oh, composers. Boy. All right, composers. Uh, there's one, KG Sakata, and they have one, two, three, four, five games. Mickey's Dangerous Chase in 91. Good choice. That game is great music. That is, uh, I think we might have talked about that game on the uh, Disney Capcom game. Mm -hmm. I brought the factory track to it. That's right. And I was mm -hmm. like, yo, this is dope. And I picked up the game right after that episode. Oh, really? Yeah, I did. Good choice. Galaga 88 and 91, Dragon Saber, Doremon, Nobita no to Dorebin, do Dorebian Knight in 1992. Oh, Doremon. And then New Adventure Island in 92. Oh, so nice. That is it, and that is all. All right. Mm -hmm. All right, Pranel, what do you have up for us next? All right, this is honestly a repeat from Rhythm and Pixels, but it doesn't matter because <laughs> any episode that involves Wonder or Monster Boy needs to have this track played on it because holy crap, is it a banger. This comes from the recently-esque released Monster Boy and the Cursed Kingdom. came out in 2018 for the Switch, PS4, and Xbox One, and the track is titled Green Fields, composed by Keiki Kobayashi. There's a lot of composers on this, but from what I recall, when we were looking into it for R&P, this was the person who did the, this specific track for the game. Hmm. So we can name the other composers when we come back. But at least as far as this track goes, I believe it's just Keiki Kobayashi. All right, let's give it a listen.
Hi, I'm Master Higgins. I'm just a simple married man trying to make an easy living. My wife, Tina, and I opened up this killer place and I think you'll really enjoy. It's called Master Higgins Fruit and Scoot Skate Shop. At the Fruit and Scoot, you'll be able to buy wild and exotic wheels and decks for your board of choice, all while eating some of the finest fruit in the islands have to offer. If you mention this ad and say the password, Wonder Boy Sucks, you'll get 15% off all fruit and board items. Wait, 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 hold on. I have a name. It's Tom Tom. Don't listen to that, Ripple. He stole my idea for a fruit and skate shop right off from under my nose. So show him who's the best by coming to my revamped business venture. <laughs> Tom Tom's Juice is Loose Skateporium. Get the fresh fruit smoothie made with all the best island fruit. Better than Master Higgins. And if you say the magic code, Master Higgins, more like Master Thief, you get 15.1% off of a skate pass at my park. Whoa, 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 stop right there. TT Showbiz Higgins here, back again with another deal. Buy any wheels and get a free install and alignment to your deck just by saying, Master Higgins is superior, Wonder Boy is inferior. Stop by today. <laughs> Don't head to Master Higgins over there, because Tom Tom's got you covered. Free! I said free. Ollie lessons, not oily. Ollie lessons for anyone who utters the phrase, Master Higgins is a scene stealer. Hurry, deal lasts forever. No, wait, 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 wait. Ra, 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 ra. Yeah, 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 yeah. I say yeah, I go. Yeah. You has this ever happened to you before? You're listening to your favorite video game music podcast crossover, and you don't understand why a commercial is playing? Or what about when a bit is recycled from the previous episode because it also works really well for this particular theme? Well, you're not alone. Nearly 95% of video game music podcast listeners skip ahead of these commercials. The other 5%... Well, they never make it out alive. To protect yourself and your family, you need Commercial Be Gone. Just one splash of this ointment on the device you use to listen to said podcast, and you'll be able to skip commercials. Permanently. But don't take our word for it. Listen to these audio testimonials from other podcast listeners. See that? Not a beep. That's because they're all listening uninterrupted to their video game music podcasts. Sign up at www.xvgmradio.com slash stop the commercials. And please, think of the children. Warning, do not get liquid in eyes or ears. Guaranteed not to work. Kids, get your rhythm and pixels permission before using. Boyd in Utah and Delaware. Welcome back. That spicy beat was Green Fields from the game Monster Boy in the Cursed Kingdom, released on the Switch, PS4, and Xbox One back in 2018, composed by Keiki Kobayashi. There were a number of other composers on this game. They actually had a pretty all-star cast of composers. Mm. We had Yuzo Koshiro, Takeshi Yanagawa, Cedric Yoder, Michiro Yamane, Motoi Sakuraba, and Matt Kramer. And last but not least, T Loops. This track, when this game, well, first of all, when this game got announced, I lost my ever loving crap over it um, because I love Monster Boy. And up until this point, the series had long, it was dormant since Monster World 4, way back on the Sega Genesis. So this came out of left field. 
But when it came out, I was fortunate enough to get to review the game. So it was like before it hit the shelf. And the reason why I mentioned that specifically is because when this track came up in the game, which is it happens when you leave the first town, when the game is pretty much kicking off in earnest, you've been cursed. You know how to break the curse. Time to go get down to business. You step out of town. This track kicks off. It is the epitome of this adventure is just getting started tracks to me. Mm. I loved it so much. I let it run while doing dishes and cleaning my kitchen. It didn't exist on YouTube yet, so I recorded it myself, and then we played it on Rhythm and Pixels because I was like, people need to get this game because this track is on it. Um, And even after having heard all the other tracks in the game, including the ridiculously good final boss theme, I still feel like this is my all-time favorite track in the game. As far as the franchise goes, We've made comments to it over the course of this episode thus far about how the naming conventions are just all over the place. So I'm not going to go into the, mon- the the monsters, the wonders, the supers, the land kingdoms, whatever. But what I can say is that the thing that genuinely always drew me to these games is whereas Adventure Island, they were mostly like, you know, speed platformers. Hmm. This was primarily a adventure, like action RPG-esque franchise. It was always some sort of 2D open world exploration where you could get new equipment and power-ups and in the course of Dragon's Curse and then later brought back in Curse Kingdom, monster transformations. You fight a boss, the boss would curse you after you defeat it, therefore giving you a new monster power, which gave you new abilities and the like. This is also one of the few games alongside Parasol Stars that sold me on the TurboGrafx-16 in the first place. Um, Dragon's Curse. I played my uncle's friend's copy of the game and was obsessed with it so when i was a kid he was a version of me that was getting all the new games when they were coming out and i was able to mooch off him was like this is a fantastic game to this day like i feel like there's very few games that even carry this level of charm and i I think that's owed to weston in that regard like the the character sprite models Hmm. the music just everything even the world design (laughs) like just the corny looking trees in the background and stuff like that Wait, coins bounce out of treasure chests when you open the chest up. It doesn't just give you money. Coins start shooting out and you got to catch them. Like, it's fun stuff like that. Now, what's the connection between Wonder Boy and Monster Boy? I'm glad you asked. Please handle it because all I'm going to tell you is, eh, same <laughs> shit. <laughs> Fair enough. So, Monster Boy and the Cursed Kingdom... The plot on this one is interesting. As far as, like, if it has any kind of direct correlation, the closest thing I could say for this one is it's similar to the Master System release for Wonder Boy 3, The Dragon's Trap, but that had appropriate or proper remake with Dot Emu and Lizard Cube. They did a remake of, of the game. So, hmm. yeah, it, it's kind of interesting how, like, Monster Boy, Wonder Boy, like all these games in this like weirdly named franchise have all kind of come back. But in this one, you actually, you're not playing as Tom Tom. You're playing as a boy named Jin hmm. who discovers that he has a, an uncle named Naboo who is using magic in an evil way to turn everyone, including Jin's brother, Zeke, into animals. Hmm. So while trying to stop him, he gets turned into a pig. Jin does. At that point, they find out from the magician of the, the castle, his name is Mystic Cat. He turns everybody to normal, and so Jin goes on this adventure to get these five animal orbs 
from all over the kingdom. And if he gets those, I guess he can take out Nebu, who uh, I guess there's this evil dark guy named Lord Zeros, who <laughs> was making Nabu do bad things. So that's and it. And a nice little Easter egg to the game, too, is that the pig transformation that you become at the beginning of the game mm-hmm. is a throwback reference to the shopkeeper and Wonder Boy and the Dragon's Trap. Right. Because that's exactly, this the exact same design as that He's got an eye patch. And, right, right, right. Oh, neat. He's like a, he's like a, he looks like a pirate almost. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Exactly. He's awesome. Like yeah. Smoking pirate pig. <laughs> that's pretty cool. So, yeah, it's pretty neat. The main theme itself was performed by Haruka Shimotsuki mm-hmm. for this one. So they are also labeled on this one, but uh, I didn't include them because they didn't do this track. So Keiki Kobayashi started out in 2002 doing Tekken 4 uh, and has a list of really good games. A lot of the Tekken since then, Tekken 5, Tekken 6, Katamari Damashi in 2004, they did a track called The Last Samba, which was actually reused in other Katamari games. It's probably where I got a little bit of the Katamari in the uh, the opening there. Uh, the Ace Combat series, they're, they're composers on. Super Smash Brothers for Wii U and 3DS. Most recently, they did additional composition in Final Fantasy VII Remake in 2020. And then Shinichi Sakamoto, pretty sure we've talked about them uh, before, but they started out in 1986 doing Valtric music composition. Uh, and then, you know, Wonder Boy in Monsterland in 1987. And they've done a number of Wonder Boy and or Monster Boy games since then. Monster Lair in 1988, Wonder Boy and Monster World 91, Star Parodier in 1992, Panic Bomber in 95, and the last credit they have is Monster World Series Composer in the this game, Monster Boy and the Cursed Kingdom. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Now we're going to get into the XVGM side of this episode. So I am picking from Adventure Island 3, which came out on the NES in 1992. This is the boss battle theme, and it's by Miyoshi Okuyama. Hirohiko Takayama and also Gatuchan.
You're listening to XVGM Radio. Welcome back. That was Adventure Island 3, the NES game that came out in 1992. That track was the boss battle, and it was composed by Miyoshi Okuyama, Hirohiko Takeyama, and someone named Gatu-chan. This track, actually, I picked specifically because of Rob, because he showcased a Wonder Boy boss theme, and I had been playing this game and really enjoy it, and when I got to that boss battle, man, in the first world, oh, man, that thing hits like a stack of bricks, man. <laughs> I was headbanging. I was going crazy. I was <laughs> loving this track. It's so crunchy and metal. Like, I could totally picture a heavy metal cover for this. I don't know. I mean, what, do you, what did you guys think of this one? It's a great track. I was mainly going to ask you, because, like, Adventure Island 3 was one that I never got a chance to play aside from Nintendo Power-isms and stuff, but like, sure. did they change a lot aside from adding the dinosaur? Or uh, is it like kind of pretty much like just more of what you love? Yeah, it's it's very similar to 2, but like with way better controls, in my opinion. Like he can crouch in this one, which he mm. couldn't do before, but the only problem is you can't go back in the level mm. like you could, I think, in 2. So, yeah, in 2, the objective there is you can like go back to a certain point. Yeah, so you which... Can hit an egg. It's weird, like in one, you can't go back at all. Like even if like you just miss an egg and it's like right on the corner where like you could just like yeah. move to the egg, you could touch the egg, but you cannot get that egg. Forget like, it. Tough scramble. Yeah, that's it, man. <laughs> so in two, they improved the controls and they made it a little more like user-friendly and they made it so that you can go back, in, back into the level to uh, find certain things. But in three, it's, more like one for the level design where like you know once you go forward you can't go backwards but they improve the controls immensely like you can crouch if you're on the skateboard you can like pop a wheelie on the skateboard to like slow down sort of uh they had that in one to me it always felt like one was really stiff i mean Um, it was i'm I'm, yeah i'm I'm just saying that this one yeah it's a lot more smooth is what i'm trying to say gotcha gotcha okay yeah yeah um like a scrambled egg yeah (laughs) The inventory system from the second game is still there. So when you start off the level, you have all these like eggs and they're all like blank eggs and there's the number zero next to all of them. And when you collect an item, if you end the level with the item, then it goes into your inventory and then you can select it. Kind of like in Mario 3 when you press the B button and you can Mm. like go into your menu and you can pick like a mushroom, like, oh, here's a mushroom, I'm gonna use that. So it's kind of the same thing, but with the monsters the dinosaurs. That you, yeah, the dinosaurs mm. and along with the dinosaurs, the weapons. So you get the boomerang, the axe, the stone axe, like, you know, all the usual like Adventure Island stuff. Okay. Cool. cool. Yeah. It's pretty cool. There's also like, um, there's a bee character that you can get on the, it's the, basically the Hudson Soft bee. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that gives you invulnerability. So you could run through all the guys and, and kill them and stuff. But yeah, the card, the fifth card that we talked about, it is a star. Oh, okay, mm. they, had to, they had to break the mold somehow. It's like, there's yep. not a fifth suit. There's no fifth <laughs> yeah. suit. It's a Triceratops that you unlock with the star card. So that's the one that does the rolling attack. I don't know. This okay. game is dope. Like, for real. It's really fun. I did not expect to have as much fun as I did with it. Like, I was playing it, and I had to go pick up my daughter today from daycare. And I was like, oh, man. I was like, I'm having so much fun. <laughs> so. If only I could ride a Triceratops to the daycare. <laughs> Yo, dope. 
that's an idea. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying to figure out Katu-chan. I'm probably not going to get anywhere with it. <laughs> but I do know that um, Yoshi Okiyama is credited as Okun, and then Hirohiko Takayama is credited as Takachan. Right. So Katu-chan so Katu might be somewhere else in the credits. I'm just going to match them up mm. or her that's, up or them up within the, uh, the Hudson credits. Yeah, it's a possibility. The composers on this one, Hirohiko Takayama, started off with uh, Karate Kid in 87. Gotcha the Sport in 87 as well. They have been uncredited, unfortunately, for almost all their NES music back in the day. Stuff like Friday the 13th, the mm. NFL game. Then later on, I think they left and went to Taito, and they did Panic Restaurant. That's and, a game I still uh, want to play more of. But then they came back and started working with Hudson Soft on stuff like Bonk's Adventure and their final game, which was Ishi Hisashi no Daisekai. Miyoshi Okuyama is the other composer. Only four games to their credit for music. Doremon Nobita no Doremian Night in <laughs> Adventure Island 2, Samurai Ghost in 92, and then this game, Adventure Island 3 in 92. That was their final game. Nice. All right, so my next pick is from Wonder Boy 3, The Dragon's Trap. This is the original Master System version that came out in 1989. The track is called The Danger Zone. Oh, one of my favorite tracks in the game. That's it, and it's by Shinichi Sakamoto. are back 
on our episode 75 Adventure Island versus Wonder Boy with our good buddies Rhythm and Pixels, Rob and Pernell. What are you doing? That track was Wonder Boy 3 The Dragon's Trap, and the name of the song was The Danger Zone. And it came out on the Master System in 1989. The track was composed by Shinichi Sakamoto. That's one of my favorite tracks so far of the show. I really enjoyed it. I really like Master System music. It's got like the percussion, like the, the noise channels. It's got like a weird swing to it. It always yeah. does. And <laughs> so it's really fun. It's adventurous too. This track goes all over. It's always been a favorite for me in general. Like this one and because basically this track in the game plays generally like in like dungeon-esque areas. Mm. And like honestly, between this one and like Dark Force music that plays in the game, like I love this track to death. And the funny thing about it is that on the later port, it doesn't sound all that different. Like it holds up between the two games very well. Like I don't really yeah. come across thinking one's better than the other. I just like them both. I thought it was really nice. It was bouncy. I do agree. This is one of the better tracks on the uh, on the episode, especially when it comes to the chiptune stuff. I kind of want to take a look at this game, um, see some like video footage, uh, check out some more of the soundtrack because it was just different than than what I was expecting. Like I, I I don't listen to aside from the stuff that I pick, I don't listen to the stuff until we do it on the episode so that it's it's all fresh and whatnot. And it surprised me. Yeah, threw me off my game. This, yeah, I thought this was one of the better tracks from the Wonder Boy three game. I mean, not that it, the other tracks were bad or anything, but this is probably one of the better Wonder Boy songs that I was able to hear. The stuff that everybody else has picked so far is also really good. This track kind of gave me a cave vibe a little bit, hmm. either like a cave vibe or like an underground vibe. That was what I got. And I think this is part of what Rob was talking about with the master system and those drums. Master System, to me at least, has always had that kind of like sad sound to it. <laughs> well, it's got like a it's got like a vibrato to the square waves, right? It's just it's almost like it's crying, or it's got like a real yeah. Like it's it starts at a note and then it kind of goes. Uh, a lot of tones on it are very me, like love me. <laughs> a lot of the tones on it are very like minor tone esque. Mm -hmm. So we covered a lot of this on the Sega Master System episode that we did uh, way back on episode 53, where we covered mm -hmm. like, you know, pretty much the entire console and talked a bit about some of the games. And, you know, a lot of the music that we've picked was like very similar to this in the sense that it sounds like yeah, kind of sad, kind of weepy. A lot of the tones used on Master System games just sound like that. So this was, of course, no different. Game-wise, this is not a port of the Wonder Boy 3 Monster Lair game, which came out on the TurboGrafx CD, the Mega Drive, and also Arcade. That game is much more of a like basic platform arcade shooter type style where you're playing as a character in the Wonder Boy series. I don't remember the name of the character. I think his name's Leo. Or you can play as a pink-haired girl named Princess Purapril. Oh, wait, are you describing the game where you're kind of flying and you can go left and right? You can go left or right. I think there's also shooting parts of the game, which makes it feel more like a shoot 'em up. Mm -hmm. And Shinichi Sakamoto also did the music for that as well. So it's really confusing because West One or West Stone, they did this game that I'm talking about, but they also did the game that came out in the Master System, which again is Wonder Boy 3 The Dragon's Trap. That's the track that we just played. So what's even more bonkers is that this game, Dragon's Trap, also came out on the TurboGrafx-16 under the name Dragon's Curse. And then to get even crazier, <laughs> it was ported in 93 by Tectoy, the Brazilian company that like handles all Master System stuff pretty much. <laughs> 
and they named the game Terma Demonica M.O. Resgate. And that they changed all the characters to a Brazilian comic series called Monica's Gang or Terma Demonica. Yeah. And then the game got remade into Wonder Boy the Dragon's Trap, which was the one that we talked about a little earlier. So this is the thing that I didn't touch on. And this is makes it go like head explode sort of thing. So we just talked about the TurboGrafx-16 version of this game is called Dragon's Curse, right? Guess what the name is on the PC engine? Adventure Island. Yep. <laughs> like, what? I love that. I love uh, that so much. Yeah, crazy. I could not believe all the name changes and all the name nuttiness of this game. <laughs> so Wonder Boy 3 Dragon's Trap. I know we didn't even touch on like the plot or whatever, but we kind of touched on it with Pernell's track. Monster Boy and the Curse mm-hmm, Game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, pretty much the same. Shinichi Sakamoto is the composer, the sole composer on this one. And uh, they've got a bunch of audio credits to their name, starting off with Valtric in 1986. I'm going to touch on some games that are not Wonder Boy-esque because they did a bunch of Wonder Boy stuff. Let's go Jaws in 1987, which I believe is the NES version. Star Parodier in 92. And we'll go one more. Real Fishing Wild in 2001. Mm. I did sound direction on that. Staying in the water there. I like that. The, the Jaws soundtrack is really cool. All right, Justin, you're up. All right. So I'm going to start this off with a Wii title. This is Adventure Island The Beginning. This came out in 2009. The track is simply Track 3, and was composed by Yoshitaka Hirota. Welcome back. That was track three from 2009's Adventure Island The Beginning, composed by Yoshitaka Hirota for the Wii. Oh, that was a slam a jamma. That was salsa heavy. Very, very salsa. Kind of like mix between, I, I feel like salsa and island. It was, it had me feeling like I wanted to shimmy and shake. <laughs> it did have a kind of shaky, shaky kind of vibe to it. Yeah. But I was thinking, yeah, I was getting back to that 70s announcer presentation vibe, which, mm. which is like really cool. They kind of stuck with that sound. Again, channeling the soul of Katamari and rolling yeah. it into Adventure Island. 
If you threw some Japanese vocals on this, it would totally be a uh, Katamari yeah. track. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. This was a WiiWare title. I don't think I got this one. I think I actually skipped over this when, I, when it came out because I, I thought it was just a remake of the first game. It kind of is a remake of the first game, but it's it's more than what I thought it was at the time, um, and I kind of regret not grabbing it because it, it's like a complete makeover with uh, 3D graphics. I don't believe the world is like full 3D. I think it's like two and a half D, where everything is in 3D, but you're you're still playing on a on a 2D left to right scrolling field. Same kind of controls. You you play as Master Higgins. You're running and jumping through the levels. You get the axes, boomerangs, and spears. Collecting food items because your health is constantly depleting. It, it's literally a 3D remake of the first Adventure Island, but it looks way cooler than I thought when I first saw it. And I mean, I, I was never, as, I, as I've mentioned, I, I didn't have a whole lot of experience with Adventure Island or Wonder Boy. And now that I'm thinking about it, I think I used to confuse Adventure Island and Bonk a lot. And that's where some of my confusion probably came from. Me too. I think yeah. it's the island vibe, you know. It's, or I always thought I kept thinking Master Higgins was a caveman somehow, you know, or it was in, in prehistoric times, probably because of all the dinosaurs, dinosaurs. and dragons yeah. type things. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Now, if you put it that way, I, I was about to say, how do you confuse those two? But now it makes sense when you put it that way. Like they did kind of have similar prehistoric notions involved, like related to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I was gonna just briefly touch on is. A lot of people felt this game was just a remake of the Hudson Selection Volume 4 Takahashi Meijin no Adventure Island, which came out in the GameCube and the PS2, which is basically a remake of the first game as well, which is weird. Hmm. I guess they figured. I guess they got a little jealous of the whole Wonder Boy Monster World confusion. They had to bring a little bit of that to Adventure Island. Like, what is it? That's it. Yeah, but it also looks like people thought that the graphics in the GameCube and PS2 remakes uh, were better, or more at least more appealing than the ones in this game. So. This game also had four mini games in it. So there's a skateboarding game that uses the motion sense and the Wiimote. Uh, there's an axe throwing game and a virtual recreation of Hudson's 16 shot handheld gaming device, which measures how many buttons a player can press in a second. Weird. Oh, you know what's interesting about that actually? Mm-hmm. So the guy who was the inspiration for Master Higgins, as far mm-hmm. as the name goes, Master Takahashi, we talked about him earlier in the episode, but. I think that's a reference to the fact that he also was famous for having a really fast trigger finger. So back in the 80s, he would play Star Soldier, the version called Star Force, and he had 16 shots per second. Damn. Which is is crazy fast when he was younger. And then, uh, like, as he got older, it slowed down a bit. It was reduced to 130 presses per 10 seconds. Interesting. Now, yeah. I remember seeing like those little handheld games. Like I don't know if they were Japanese only, but like it would measure like how fast he could hit a button. Mm. Was was he related to that in any way? Do you know? Uh, I, I don't know. That's why I'm wondering if this is a, a direct reference. This whole thing with the controller is a direct reference to the fact mm-hmm. that Master Higgins's guy that you know it's based off of this Hudson executive That's who so has this crazy trigger finger. It's pretty neat. Hmm. Cool. Yeah, so funny. If, you, if you look up his Wikipedia, it just says, like, it's his name when he was born, occupation executive, known yeah. for fast trigger speed of yep. 16 shots per second. Like, that's that's what he's doing. <laughs> that's so nuts. That's his legacy, you see. Yeah. That's his legacy. Well, that's the Master Higgins, I guess. Mm, fair enough. The composer on this one was Yoshitaka Hirota, who started out doing sound effects in Live Alive in 1994, went on to start doing music in Faselai? Faselai? F-A-S-E. Oh, that game for the Neo Geo Pocket color? Yeah, yep, 1999. 
Uh, it's pronounced. I, I can't afford do. that game. Is really expensive. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Then went on to do all sorts of music composition. Uh, I see Sonic Shuffle in 2000, Bomberman 64, The Second Attack in 1999. The last musical composition that I see here is Zetai Zetsume Toshi 3, Kawarayuku Machi to Kanojo no Uta for the PSP and the PS Vita, obviously. But then after that, I, I see a bunch of credits up here under Earthbound Papas. And then, oh, one more music composition, 2017, Eglia, Legend of the Red Cap. Ah, very cool. Very All right, close cool. this out, Justin. What do you got for us for a final track? All right, so this is going to be from 1994's Monster World 4. This came out in the Genesis and was composed by Jin Watanabe. And the track is Arabesque Court in Dream. Right, welcome back. That was the last track of this Adventure Island versus Wonder Boy mega episode with Rhythm and Pixels. The track was Arabesque Court in Dream from 1994's Genesis game Monster World 4, and it was composed by Jin Watanabe. This was a last-minute swap-out for you, and I'm glad you did because I vastly prefer this track. And I believe you called it Shantae-esque during the break, and I couldn't agree (laughs) more. Yep, yep. I mean, just looking at the cover for the game, it, the character looks like a, a green-haired Shantae almost. And according to Wikipedia, it's considered a platformer and a Metroidvania. Uh, so there, there's a lot kind of going on here. There, there's some Arabian influences, if you couldn't tell from that track. <laughs> so it may be a lot of coincidences, or it may be that the folks who put Shantae together were inspired by Monster World 4. I yeah, don't know if there's any possibly. other Monster World games that look like this, but I, from what I've seen, they, they all sort of have their own kind of look. Or, or maybe, maybe this is just from the cover art. <laughs> well, Shantae and the Pirate's Curse has elements similar to that because it's, of course, like the Metroidvania kind of style, mm-hmm. but it's broken up into se- segments and islands or whatever that you go visit. But um, you're basically uh, taking on a more like Arabian pirate kind of look. Mm-hmm. So she's dressed similar to, uh, I believe this main character's name is Asha, right? Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Just with purple hair instead of green hair, and she's got the saber, the Arabian like kind of saber blade thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, possibly. 
I mean, the, the track too was, was really cool. So, I mean, this is a Genesis track that I think has some really neat instrumentation, particularly on the, like the Arabian theme that was in there. I definitely kind of got like a, the snake charmer's flute almost. I, I do enjoy the, the, the arabesque sound with like mixed with that kind of like fun, funky, like swing beat. The ride cymbal sounds decent for coming out of a Sega Genesis. I love the mm. Sega Genesis, but sampled sounds, <laughs> I mean, it's rare that it comes out pretty decent on there. It's true, like true. That whole game is actually like legitimately awesome. Like it's very, it's kind of a departure from other Monster World games too, but it's mm. great. This was the very first game that I ever checked out as far as like Wonder Boy, Monster World, whatever. Mm-hmm. Really? Um, yeah, it was on the Wii, actually, uh, because they re- they released it for the first time in North America on a uh, Wii Virtual Console. And so it was one of those things where like, I saw that and was like, yo, I've never played this game. Let me download it. So I did and I started playing it. I was like, uh, this is okay. I was like, it's not bad, but I want to spend some serious time really diving into it and just never picked it back up. <laughs> so, so Pernell, you have, you have some experience with this game. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I was holding the, I was holding it up. Like I imported, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I imported the Monster World collection specifically to play <laughs> Monster World 4 on it. And then later on, it got a collection port onto the Xbox 360 as like a whole oh, right. of games. Yes. And I put that one because I could play it in English. And mm. it's still really good. It's a fantastic game. Like, I, I'll admit, like, the only thing I wish it had was like, you don't get to really get like new gear in the sense of like going to shops and buying it like you could in some of the other games in the franchise. But I still like, you know, playing around with Pepper Lagoo. Like picking them up and throwing them, and like using them to hover across pits and such. <laughs> the music is really good. The Arabian theme is fantastic. And, then, and up until the Cursed Kingdom, it was a nice swan song to the whole Monster World franchise, too. Hmm. Right, because that was the last game that came out for a while. It's basically the franchise was dormant at that point for years and years uh, mm-hmm. until recently, where they started coming out with these. Monster Boy and Wonder World and Wonder Boy and Wonder Man and thank you Wonder Man. I don't know. <laughs> I got nothing. I'm so confused with this episode. I'm just like, what is it called again? That's what happens when we show up. Yeah, it's all you guys' fault. <laughs> yeah, it looks like uh, Monster World Four came out in 1994, and then the next original game in the series was Monster Boy and the Cursed came in 2018. There were some remakes yeah. uh, in, in some of the intervening years, but yeah, no, you're, you're right. Like the the series more or less went dormant aside for a couple of remakes. For a while. So with the Adventure Island series, you've got the final game that was your first pick, which is Adventure Island The Beginning, the mm-hmm. WiiWare release. And that was the last Adventure Island game that we had, and now the franchise is kind of dormant. Whereas Monster World 4, which was technically the last game in the franchise before it got this reinvigorated multi-game release where they started remaking some of the Wonder Boy games and Monster World games. So uh, and now, supposedly, they're remaking Monster World 4, Ooh. which is going to be coming out in the near future, in the next year or so, probably. So it's uh, it's an exciting time for, for Wonder Boy slash Monster World fans, not so much Adventure Island fans. And, <laughs> and the reason for that is Hudson Soft got bought out by Konami. And, and we know what happened so, to Konami. And we know what happened to Konami, exactly. So I do have hope that Adventure Island will eventually return even if it's like just really in a very basic form. And the reason for that is one, Konami seems to be doing a lot more lately with their franchises. Super Bomberman R, I think it was called, came out on the- Shock release. 
yeah, that came out on the Switch and like Xbox One and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, that was an in-house, I believe that was an in-house Konami game. Hmm. And now they're coming out and with they, another version of that. Like another. And not just that, but like the, I think Indie World, like this earlier this week, they announced a return to an old franchise coming to the Switch. Like right. Getsu Getsu Fumaden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't think that we've seen the last of Master Higgins, but. I don't know. Fingers crossed. We'll see. It'd be really nice if Konami did honor that legacy of Hudson Soft, but uh, it seems that Sega is definitely in tune with what fans want from the Monster World franchise. Hmm. So just real quick to talk about Jin Watanabe, the, just a handful of things on their resume. They, they started out doing music composition in 1991 with Riot City, went on in 1992 to do Star Parodier, and then did the music for this game in 1994. In 1995, they did the music for Dungeon Explorer, and then 1998, there was Bloody Roar 2, and finally, their last credit is for Sound Manipulation on Shadow Hearts in 2001. I am very fond of that person's history. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now in the episode is the time where we pick our favorite tracks. We're obviously going to let our guests go first as usual, so let's start it off with Rob. Rob, what is your uh, favorite track from this episode? Well, I listened to a lot of great tracks today, a lot of new tracks today. I have to give it to my boy Pernell <laughs> for bringing back <laughs> that track from Monster Boy in the Cursed Kingdom, Green Fields, because it is fantastic and makes me smile every time I hear it. Nice, Good nice. stuff. Pernell? Same one. I was gonna go the green fields, but as a second track, since I don't want to just make it my own track, was that uh, the one from the beginning, from Adventure Island, the beginning, because I was bopping left and right to that the whole time it was playing. Like it was a, it was like quite the gym. Oh, um, uh, Justin, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Good stuff. Nice, nice. Justin, as usual, tough call. I too enjoyed the Greenfields track, so Pernell, uh, you're 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 three for three for three here. But I think I would follow it up with Mike, your Danger Zone track uh, from the Dragon Strap. Nice, very cool. I'm gonna go with that boss battle track for Adventure Island Three. I just man, that really kicked my butt. That was great, heavy, chunky. Loved it. Just my type of music. But I gotta say, the Super Adventure Island 2 pick from Rob was great. I really enjoyed that as well on the open seas. If I had to pick third, I'd go with the other Rob pick, Wonder Boy <laughs> Returns Remix, that really cool, like, dance huh. techno track. Yeah. I'm glad yeah. you enjoyed that one. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. And uh, cool. if I had to pick a fourth, it'd be just as Adventure <laughs> Island, the beginning track. <laughs> and what would be your fifth? Uh, my fifth. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I think my eighth favorite track would have to be. <laughs> Let me run down the list of all my favorite tracks. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Well, as usual, guys, it's always been a blast having you on our show. We want to thank you for coming on. What do you guys got coming out in the next uh, few weeks? If you can talk about it. And if not, just uh, plug your show. We want to we wanna get the word out about Rhythm and Pixels. Oh, well, I don't think I've got much else personally. Pernell, you're working on some other shows, right? Yeah, I still do the SML podcast. And from what I just learned, uh, we got an interview coming up for the guy who did the developers who did that game, Smelter, that's coming out tomorrow. So that should oh, be pretty cool. Nice. Oh. Nice, nice. Um, so th I do that. I still do Game Review for SML. Um, of course, we Rhythm and Pixels, we get down to business like nobody's business. It's a fun time just to get loud and stupid. Um, 
honestly, aside from that, like I, I'm just kind of bouncing around. Like I think if I remember, if my memory serves correctly, I think I'm even doing something with the dude on Saturday, which I, we'll see if that plays out. He wanted to do a sort of like gaming history thing, and that should be a trip if that plays out. So we'll see how that goes. Does that's he abide? The... <laughs> hey, I hope he does. Because if not, that's a his him and his mate has a big problem to deal with. Um, <laughs> right. But for the most part, yeah, it's just I just kind of roll with the punches. And Rob and I still need to find some time where we're gonna pretty much do some like gaming, like like multiplayer gaming again. Especially now we both got the stab. So, or Rob will be getting hit <laughs> earlier this you week. Mean the, you mean the Fauci ouchie? That's Fauci, right. Fauci ouchie. That's it. Yeah. So, it was our I think it was our fifth podcast anniversary. We did um, a big Twitch stream where we played mm. through a bunch of classic games together, and it was just really stupid funny. Um, <laughs> but yeah, as far as the show is concerned, um, we have a number of artist guests all lined up uh, that came out through another one. So I'm really excited about that. Not specifically game composers, but like remix artists and uh, other composers. And uh, we got some new stuff in our shop. So go to rhythmandpixels.com slash merch. Um, we not only have uh, podcast-related merchandise, we now also have, for as long as I can keep it up there, we have shirts and hoodies with sound team lo- designs and logos on them. Oh. So like everything can like... Those. Yeah, so everything like the SNK Sound Team, you can get like a SNK Sound Team t-shirt. Nice. That's cool. Um, so yeah. That's like the, there's a Falcom, yeah, Pranam wants the Falcom one, the Konami nice. Kukahea Club. So that's all out there right now. It's, I'm really excited because I, I'm really happy with how they turned out. That's so dope. you check that out. Um, also, our, our we have a radio station on YouTube and on Twitch.tv. It's just youtube.com slash rhythm and pixels. You don't type that into Twitch, but you can find it there too. Yeah. Um, and it's just 24 hour, 24 seven, uh, 8 bit, 16 bit classics. Um, I wanted to bring that up today because the thing died and I had to restart it again. So it's all good. <laughs> nice. That's cool. But I mean, it's of course, all uh, rhythmandpixels.com is yes. the website, and uh, you could find them on any podcatcher. Just type in rhythm and pixels. Yeah, find us anywhere. Everything's on YouTube, everything's on Spotify, everything is everywhere. We are in your ears. We are a weekly show, and so I'm not sure when this episode's coming out, but after it comes out, I can't even tell you what our next topic's going to be. Nice. (laughs) But yeah, thanks for having us on again. As always, it's a pleasure having you guys on, and uh, I'm sure we'll be on your show in uh, in sometime in the distant future, maybe like 20XX. or In the not-too-distant future, next Sunday AD. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So 2021. So, we'd like to take a moment to thank our Patreon patrons, without whom this show's continued improvement would be impossible. They are Alex Messenger, Cam Worma, Chris Hart, Dan Lawton, Jordan and Anson Davis, Kung Fu Carlito of the Heroes 3 podcast, Scott McElhone, Chris Myers, Mike Carney, Rage Cage, Peter Panda, The Autistic Gamer 89, Bedroth, Brad Austin, Chris Murray, Jeremy Rutz, Lama Adam, Marcus Stewart, Nathan Cooper, Nick Davis, and Ryan McPherson. If you would like to become a patron, you can sign up at patreon.com forward slash XVGM radio. There you can see the different tiers as well. Just $1 gets you a thank you and access to our monthly live shows. You can visit our website, xvgmradio.com, where you can listen to all the episodes and learn more about your hosts, as well as any of our guests or composers that we've had on the show. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can always email us at xvgmradio at gmail.com. 
If you like what you've heard, please consider giving us a review on iTunes. You can join our Facebook group and chat with other VGM lovers at www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash XVGM radio, where we talk about everything from current game news to sharing awesome VGM tracks or just talking about the podcast itself. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle on both those sites is at XVGM radio. If you don't have any other social media or just want to try something unique, check us out on our discord group chat links in the show notes. (laughs) <laughs> All right, Justin, in two weeks, what are we coming back with for XVGM? So we're going to come back and take a look at a system that uh, I don't think we've really touched on uh, much at all. Maybe, maybe once or twice, but uh, we're going to come back and talk about the Wonder Swan. Yeah, that's the portable handheld gaming device. So we're going from Wonder Boy to Wonder Swan. <laughs> Should be interesting. I'm excited for that. So in two weeks, we will see you again. This is Mike and Justin signing off for XVGM Radio. And you're going through, there's six stages with four areas each. Sorry, that might have been picked up. I yeah, no, it have definitely to... was. Yeah, that's why, that's, that's why you roll with it, man. My cat's my, acting crazy over my, here. My cat went to go climb on the cat tree and then she was like, nope. And she totally fell. That's funny. <laughs> She's all right. I think she's just a little like, whoa, what, what just happened? Definitely kind of got like a the snake charmer's flute almost. I enjoyed the, the snaky flute. The snaky flute, yes. The snaky That's flute. called the uh, uh, pan shamisen. Oh, the pan shamisen, yes. Yes, yes. You got oh, me here, kids. I'm getting deep. Rage against the Higgins. Gotta stab you with it. Yo, guys, we got to start a group now. It's got to be called like Adventure Boy. <laughs> like DJ Adventure Master Boy. Wiggins. Master Wiggins. Yo, Master Wiggins. That's it. That's it. And also somebody named Gatu Chan. Mm-hmm. I'm all about going to learn about Gatu Chan. That was me. You got me. <laughs> Rob's secret name. I had to use a, a pseudonym. Back right, then. right. Yeah, my those days. I owed a lot of money to the, to the mob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were coming after me. And just to let you know, Gatu Chan, I couldn't find any information. And uh, that's because we suspect that it's Rob. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gatu Chan. Got you. I got you, Chan. Chan. <laughs> I'm waiting for the conspiracy board next time I go to Rob's house. It's like, Gatu Chan. Yeah, Who's yeah. associated with Oboban. There's a big circle around his own name. And it's just like, <laughs> Rob? With a question. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so you were Gatu Chan? Well, we're still up for debate. Someone has someone has to speak the um the, the secret code like the Winter Soldier and then suddenly I turn into like a, an eighty year old Japanese composer for an NES game. Yeah, <laughs> pineapple. <laughs> <laughs>